We are learning Lokuti Sicha Schelik the first Sicha for Perik Aleph of Perik Yavis. And we're going to be learning Mishnah Tes Vav. The approach for this particular shear is we're going to be focusing on two approaches to the Mishnah. One approach is the approach of the Rambam, the Bartanura, the Avastar of Nasan, and others. And the second approach, of course, would be the Rebbe's. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the questions that the Rebbe asks on these other Purushim. I'm going to try to see how they would answer these questions the Rebbe is asking according to their style of learning, uh, of learning Pirkei Avis. And of course, we'll also understand why the Rebbe is not satisfied with those answers. And we're, then we're going to explain, really, what's the source of the Rebbe's approach to Pirkei Avis? Where does he get? He learns Pergyavas in a very particular way. What are the sources? Who are other Mepharshim that also learn Pergyavas in that way? And we'll also look at the other Perushim, like the Ramam, the Bartanura, that aren't learning the same style as the Rebbe. How do they look at the sources, uh, specifically from the Gemara Bavakama, that speaks about Pergyavas being Miladichasadus? How do they learn that Gemara? And how do they understand what the purpose of what the purpose of Pergyavas is? So let's start learning the mission inside, and we'll explain it, and we'll ask some questions, and we'll take it from there. So the first thing is, Shammai says, make your Torah kva. So the word kva actually has a few different explanations. The basic idea of kva means fixed, established, permanent. And based on this idea of being permanent, there's a few different ways of learning it. The main way is what we're going to be focusing on. Is, is how the Ramam, the Avastar of Nas, and others learn it. The Kva means it's the mo- it's the the this the Iker, it's the main one. Kva is that it's the most important uh, thing. So according to this, the way how you're supposed to learn it is as Kva is make the Torah the most fundamental fundamental purpose of your life, and your business and other affairs should be secondary to it. Others learn Kva as fixed. Like for make a fixed time for Torah study that you should have if every single day you have fixed times. Rashi says you make five or six fixed times on each day. Uh, another way of understanding kva is a something meaning meaning permanent. Meaning is when you learn a particular idea, you teach it the same way how you learned it. Meaning is it's not that for yourself you learn it and practice it in one way, and then when you teach it to others, you teach it or tell them to do it in a different way. The idea being is that you're, let's say, machmir for yourself and then makel for others, or being makel for yourself and then being machmir for others. Rather, the Torah has to be permanent, that just the way how you explain it for yourself and the way how you fulfill the Torah, that's how you're supposed to teach it over to others. And of course, this is referring to situations where you're making differences because of arrogance, meaning is saying that you yourself, you're on a higher level, therefore you're going to fulfill the Torah in a greater way, while the other person is unable to do it in such a way, so you're going to tell them, hey, you know, a weaker level, if there's, there's, always, if there's a particular reason why you're, um, why you have to make an exception, if you're a Rav and you're saying, you know, this person for whatever particular reason has to, has to do it in a different way, that's of course a different situation, but we're talking about generally speaking, uh, you should never be in a situation where you're trying to make differences between how you fulfill it and how you tell others, especially when it's the other way that you're telling everybody else to be strict, and then for yourself you're very lenient. But either way, there's, these are the different explanations of kava, and there's actually more, but these are just a few different ideas. Kava, again, being 
um, being the most idea of importance. The second one could be as a fixed times of study. And the third one being is making it permanent. It's permanent the way that you have it. You also, that's the way you give it over to others. The second thing in the Mishnah is, it says, Amor ma'at Say a little and do a lot. So the way how they explain this is, just like by Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu said, when the three Malachim came and he brought them in as guests, and I'll take for you a little bit, and take for you some bread. But what happens at the end? He says he takes them a lot of bread and he brings them butter and he brings them bucker, a young one and, and a good one. And the Medrash tells us that he gave them specifically a tongue with mustard. He said a little bit, I'll just give you some bread. At Papaya, when he actually brought it out, he did it in a very a great way. Uh, it seems like from this, this is, it's actually, it seems like at this point that this might be talking about specifically by mitzvahs. Amor ma'at, you say a little bit, and then you do a lot. Just like by Avram Avinu, he said a little bit to do the mitzvah, and Bapayal, he did a lot. Um, which that would make sense. But the truth is, even by business, a person should never say a little bit, or he should say a little bit and fulfill whatever he says. He shouldn't be in such a situation of where he says a lot and doesn't fulfill what he says, as we see by Ephraim and Avram Avinu, that Ephraim said he was going to do a lot and in the end he only did very little. So by business, of course, there's no obligation to say a little and, and do a lot more than what you promised, but there's definitely in the other extreme of saying you're going to do a lot and then you don't fulfill what you're actually saying, that's of course a very big issue. And the third one is having the Kabbalah's called Adam Sefer Paniyafis, which means to receive everybody in a nice, friendly way. Meaning is that your dealings with other people should be in a friendly way. It shouldn't be with uh, anger and uh, etc. And as the bartender explains that when you invite guests to your home, you shouldn't give them food like bread, and then your fi- and, but your your face is downcast to the earth, meaning you're upset that you're having to give it to them. Or when you're giving tzedakah to a poor individual. You're upset when you're giving to him. Rather, it needs to be done with a saver panami office, with a happy, smiling uh, face, that this is something that you want to do. So that's something which is very important. So that's how they explain this Mishnah. So the Rebbe discusses each one of these points. So let's start with Asei Teras Chakva. So we said Asei Teras Chakva, it means that you make the Torah your main drive, and the business is only secondary to it. So he, the Rebbe asks like this, L'chaira, he says, Pirki Ovis is something which is Miladichisedusa. Miladichisedusa means that you're going to finish more than what you legally have to do. The example, of course, is given um, by cutting the nails. That we know that cutting the nails, if it falls on the ground that could, and, a, and a pregnant woman steps on it, that could be considered, a, that could be a sakana for her. So he says a regular, a tzaddik, buries it. But a chassid will burn it. Because by burning it, you're completely destroying any capability of someone to get damaged. And the idea is, even though you don't have the obligation to do that, you go one extra step. And even more than that, the Altar explains, when you burn it, when you burn a part of your body, that's actually not good for you, I guess spiritually. But nonetheless, a chassid is willing to forgo on himself and put, you know, in a sense, cause a little bit of damage to himself in order to help someone else out. But the idea is, he's doing more than he needs to. All he really needs to do is bury it to make sure no one gets damaged. But he goes more than that. That's not good for him, because what if it gets, what, what if the nails come back up again? Rather, he specifically burns it. So that's always a chas. It goes more than what he actually has to do. So he says, He says, let's look at these three things. I say, making, uh, making the Torah the main thing for you and business should only be secondary. That's not an Indian of the 
that's basic halacha. That's basic chayuvin. It says, and this is actually brought down in halacha, it's brought down in the Rambam, that you're supposed to make your Torah kava, and the malacha is only supposed to be secondary. The Rambam actually brings it down. According to him, it's, and, and, and the Alter Rebbe explains, that according to the Rambam, this is actually a chiv from the Torah. According to the others, it, it, it's not a chiv from the Torah. But definitely according to the Rambam, it is considered a chiv from the Torah. So according to him, how is he going to explain the Mishnah? The Rambam explains the Mishnah as referring that the Torah should be your main asik by day and by night. But the Rambam himself holds that this is a halacha, and the Alter Rebbe explains that it's halacha min so what's the Lefinim Shurs Adin? This is actually halakhlikhi what you need to do. Uh, a second question is when it says that uh, So what is this idea of speaking a little and doing a lot? So this idea of speaking a little bit comes from the idea of A person should not make his words profane. Meaning when you say that you're going to do something, um, you actually have to fulfill it. And this could be referred to in two situations. Of course, one situation is in a situation of a nether, where the person actually makes an oath, or something that halachali would be considered an oath, that of course he has to fulfill it. But even in a situation where he's not actually making an oath, let's say it's in business, he also has to fulfill his word. As the Rebbe brings from the Gemara and Baba Metziah, the Gemara and Baba Metziah tells us that it says in the Pasuk, Hain Tzadik, that it says in the Pasuk that you're supposed to have the, the these are different measurements that you have, the Eifa Tzedek, the Hind Tzedek, that the Eifa is a very large measurement, and the Hind is a very small one, and they need to be perfect. So the Gemara asks, once you're telling us that the, the Eifa, the larger one, has to be perfect, and it can't be even slightly off, and of course even the small one would be the same halacha, it would have to be uh, the proper and the right amount. So what's the Chiddush? So the Mar tells you is that Hain Tzedek, that when you say yes or you say no, you have to actually fulfill what you're saying. So if you made an agreement with someone and you're going to say that I'm going to sell you this for whatever amount of money and then things change, let's say the market price goes up and now you want to sell it for a larger amount of money, once you gave your word, you're supposed to fulfill your word and not to change it. Um, that's how Rabbi Yechanan uh, explains this idea. The Gemara is actually Machoikis, but Papayo, we see this is an idea that the Gemara brings, that that's what you're supposed to be doing, that Hain Tzedek, that when you say that you're going to do something, you're actually supposed to fulfill what you're saying. So, Ebezai, what's the diak over here of Emor Ma'at? What's the idea of Emor Ma'at? Say a little bit, because if you say a lot and you don't fulfill what you're saying, you're going to be over in this idea of La Yechadvare. But again, this is Hachiv from the Torah. The Torah's Chiv is that you need to fulfill, if you make someone a promise, if it's a nether for sure, and even if it's not, even if it's just a, uh, an agreement that you're having, that you're going to do something for someone, you have an obligation to fulfill that. So by saying emor ma'at, that's l'chayr not any chiddish. What does emor ma'at mean? Meaning is don't promise things that you're not actually going to do. So just say a little bit that you know for sure you can do, and don't say a lot when, you know you, when you're not 100% sure if you're able to do that. L'chayr, that seems like a chiv from the Torah. And then the Rebbe continues also with the end of that statement, Asei Harbe, you should do a lot. What does Asei Harbe mean? Asei Harbe means, L'chayr, this is referring to mitzvahs. Uh, we're not talking about, at least this is how I understand what the Rebbe is saying, we're not talking about a business. When you say you're going to do something for someone, you don't have to do a lot more. There is such an idea of doing a little bit more. Like, um, I think the Raman brings that when you're, um, when you're selling something by weight, you always want to give a little bit extra in that weight just to make sure that you're never giving him too little. But that, I don't think, would be considered as say harbei. You're just doing a bit more just to make sure you're fulfilling what you're supposed to be doing. Rather, this refers to mitzvahs. So, for example, when Avram Avinu said he's going to bring bread, 
So he didn't just bring bread, he brought all the bakr and he brought all these other things. But Lachar, again, that's not a chiddush that he did a lot more. You're supposed to always do as much as you're able to do. Even if he said nothing, he had gas, so you always have to do as much as you can. So what's the chiddush again of Asei Harbei? We understand the idea of Emor Ma'at, maybe. You know, do a little bit and don't promise what you're not going to what you're not going to do. But what's the Chiddush of Asei Harbei? Asei Harbei means just do as much as you can do. Do as many mitzvahs as you're able to do. So that seems like always a true rule, regardless of what you told anybody. If you, to, if you told your guests something, you didn't tell them anything, always you're going to have to do Asei Harbei as do as much as you can, because that's always, uh, that, that, that's how mitzvahs work. And even if it's not regarding Hachnas Zorachim, any mitzvah, you always want to do Asei Harbei. And the last question is, we said, have Mechabal's called him a Sefer Panim Yafis to deal with people in a friendly, proper, social way. Again, this is not a union of Hasidus. This is part of regular law. First of all, we have the idea of Asisa Yashva Taiv, which that you're supposed to do what's good and proper, which these, this is one of the fundamental principles in a civic law in Yiddishkeit, is that the way how you deal with other people needs to be in a very fair and honest way. And fair meaning is that you're supposed to deal with them in a way that makes sense. Uh, the most famous example, of course, is the idea of the bar mitzvah, is that when you're selling a field, you first offer it to your neighbor. And many other things. So, asis of Yasha means that when you're dealing with people, it has to be done in a pleasant, nice way. So this would be a very basic concept of asis of Yasha. And he says, for sure, when we're talking about, there's the mitzvah of ahavta l'reicha kamecha. So, mitzvah the inyan of ahavta l'reicha kamecha, of course, you have to deal with them in a pleasant and nice way. Doing the opposite of that, what is hateful for you, you should not do to unto others, that's a clog of the Torah. And the Chayr, even though that was said by Hillel and not by Shammai, but Bapashtus uh, Hillel wasn't, uh, wasn't a Chiddush of Hillel. Hillel was the only, Shammai chased the guy out of there because he uh, felt that um, he, he wasn't asked, he, his request wasn't proper. But what Hillel actually told him, what is the Kalal of the Torah, the Mata, that, that whatever is hateful unto you, you should not do unto others, even Shammai would agree to that. So Ebezai, wouldn't this be part of the mitzvah to deal with other people in a friendly, nice way, and not a way that upsets them? And especially when we're talking about over here in Yanam of Mitzvahs, as the Bartanur explained, that we're talking about in of Achnas's Archim, or giving tzedakah, that you're supposed to do it in a friendly way. Then of course, uh, these are literally mitzvahs of and then of course you have to do it in a, in, in a proper way. So what is the Chiddush over here? Okay, so that's the questions that the Rebbe asks. So the, the explanation would be is really, how do we understand what the purpose of Masachas Avis is? So the Rebbe is understanding it's Amilidi Chasadusa, and it's not things which are just basic Chayuvim of the Torah. So therefore he has these three questions. So let's look at what the source of this idea is. So the Rebbe quotes it in Ha'ara uh, 6 and Ha'ara 7. He discusses the sources. This is from a Gemara in Bavakama, Dachamid Amadalaf. So let's just pull it out. The Gemara tells us that the Hasidim Rashaynim, they would hide the thorns and the pieces of glass within their field, and they'd make a hole three tvachim deep in order that the plow would not bring up the glass and the thorns. So the Forshim explained that halachically all they need to do was put the pieces of glass or these thorns inside of a sturdy wall. But they were somewhat afraid that if it was put into the wall, maybe the wall one day would fall out or fall, up, fall down, somehow these pieces of the glass would come loose and damage people. So they did something that they weren't halachically, they didn't need to do, and they would go into their fields and dig three tvachim. 
So the idea that we're seeing over here is that the chassid, what is the union of a chassid? The chassid does something much more than he needs to do. He doesn't, uh, he, halachically, there would be no, no more obligation than just hide it somewhere safe. But that wasn't good enough just putting it somewhere safe. Rather, they'd go into their fields and they dig up and, you know, all that extra work. And that's what they would do. And the, the Gemara tells us how other uh, um, sages would take care of this particular issue. It tells us that Rav Sheshus would throw them into a fire. Rav, Rav, Rava would throw it into the, into the, into the Diglas River. So the point is that they were not ever satisfied with just taking care of it. Basic, in a very basic level, they always did more than the letter of the law. So on, in connection with that, the Gemara continues, that Amr Yehuda, Haiman Nebai one who wishes to be a chassid, should fulfill the words of nezikin, of damages. We'll explain what that means in a moment. Rava says, Mili Aves, he should fulfill the words of Aves. But Amr Le and others say, Mili Brachis, he should fulfill the words of Brachis. So what exactly is going on up here? So I'm going to explain it according to the morale. Because it seems like this is the Rebbe's approach is actually the approach of the Mara. So it seems like what the Gemara is trying to tell us is that that he, the Inyan of Chassid is someone who does much more than they need to do. So then the Gemara says, gives a more general idea. So what exactly is a Chassid? And it tells us there's a three by Machlaikis, or according to the Mara, it's not necessarily even Machlaikis. It could be that each one is saying another facet of what being a Chassid is. And they're just discussing different points, but the truth is a chassid should really have all three points. Rav Yehuda is talking about a chassid in the sense of how you're supposed to be with a man in Adam, ben Adam l'chaber, between man and his fellow. And when he says nezikin, it means that a chassid is someone who is careful never to cause any damage to someone else. So who, the person who wants to be a chassid is someone who is careful never to cause any damage. And it doesn't just mean the basic levels of halachic damages. Rather, it's as we said earlier in the Gemara, we're talking about a chassid is he's careful to not be able to have any, cause any type of damage. Even in a very far-fetched type of situation, he goes to the extreme. Rabbah says it's to fulfill the words of Avis. So the words of Avis is the Mishnais Pirkei Avis, that all the halachos over there is talking about in Yonim, which are how to uh, perfect yourself, how, how to, to be a better person, a person that's more connected to Hashem. And the last one is, Mili Debrachis, is that's been Adam Lemakim. And the idea is that with a person who is a chassid, he looks for every opportunity uh, to thank Hashem. It sounds like almost like an idea of Hashkacha Pratis. These are my own words, but he's constantly looking for a way to be able to praise Hashem, to thank Hashem for something. So according to the morale, these are the three things which are a chassid. And then the morale continues a little bit later. And he explains, this is all in the Hagdama, the morale to Pirkei Avis. And then he explains, so why is it that Mesachas Avis is in the Zikin, in the tractate of Nezikin. Specifically, it's between Idias and Avedazar. So he explains that it says in the, in the Pasuk that Sur um, and then it talks about Musar. So he says most of the Masakhtis is about doing good and turning away from evil. He says, but there need to be one Masakhta, which its whole idea was Teichachas Musar, was to tell you the thing of Musar, and that's Pirk Yavis. And he explains why is it in Nezikin. He says, Nezikin are halachas which are logical, things that you have to do. They're civic law, things that are logically make sense. This is what you're supposed to be doing. He said, these in Yanim of Pirkyavas are things which are logically things that you need to do um, in order to 
be, be a good person, as he said, in order to perfect yourself, to make yourself a better person. So then he asks, if these are things which are logical, they're an union of mishpat that you're supposed to do them, then why isn't considered mila dichasadusa? These are things which are logical. He says, is because all the inyanim over here, they're not, and this is the most important part, he says, they're mila dichasadusa because there's no obligation to do that. It's not part of any assay or any part of any part of say. It's something which you're not obligated to do, whether you're doing it more lefnim mishur sedin. So the point is the morale's learning the Gemara, that when it says mili de'avis, it means pirki avis. And according to whatever way you're going to learn, whether we're talking about nezikin or we're talking about avis, and we're talking about brachis, it's referring to specifically this idea that it's mila di chasidusa, something that was more than above the letter of the law. And specifically, as we said, it's something which is not coming to fulfill an asay or say. A lot of them might be logical, meaning as if you want to distance yourself from any type of damage, you should do this and this, but it's not something what any of these are actually obligations on the person to do even though um, they would make sense. But again, it's not halakhically obligated. You know, the, you know, maybe it makes sense that if you're going to love every single yid, you should be right of shalom. But again, it's not an obligation that that's something that you need to do. It's lufnim shur But in the Gemara, there's actually other Rishonim that explain it differently. For example, the Rajba. The Rajba over here explains that when Yehuda said, lakai miludin azikin, he's actually referring to the law that we just mentioned that a chassid, when he takes care of his, um, the thorns and the glass, he doesn't just put it in a wall. Rather, he goes lefnim shur sedin, and he buries it in his field three, three tfachim deep. Or he burns it v'chulu. When it talks about pirki avitz, it's referring to a specific mishnah in pirki avitz. The mishnah is what he's referring to is, that it says, what is a chassid? That, um, he says that a, a chassid is someone that says what, what's, what's, what is mine is yours, and what's yours is and what's yours is yours. Right? He's again, he's giving from his own things to others. Whatever someone else is, someone else's. Whatever is mine is also yours. And when it's talking about the union of brachis, it's referring to the idea that the chasidim harishonim they would uh, wait one hour before their davening, then they would daven for an hour, and then they wait another hour afterwards. So it's talking about a very specific dinim in those halachis. So the nice thing about the Rajba is that it does fit with this hemshich of the Gemara that we're talking about lefnim shur sedin. Uh, but he is saying that Pirkei Avis is all, all talking about Milad Chasidusa. It's one Indian in Pirkei Avis in particular, which that speaks about being a Chassid. And I'm going to get back to, the, to discuss the Rajba. So the question would be really is, according to the Rajba, what is the purpose of Pirkei Avis? So we have one Mishnah, which is the Indian is the Fnim Mishur Sedin. But what about all the other Mishnahites and what's their purpose? So the idea would be, L'Chaira, that there's really two ways of understanding Pirkei Avis. One way is, as we discussed, it's Lefnei Meshur Sedin. But a second way is that Pirkei Avis is Lekuliyama Bapashas, it's an union of a safer of Musr. It's a safer of Aira, to teaching a person how to act. So you could learn is that Pirkei Avis is, is never a Chiv Min Hadin, that you have to fulfill any of those. I don't think anybody would say that you have to do all of these things, Bapashtas, but rather they're trying to tell you how to be able to, how to, be able to fulfill these, the, the, the Torah mitzvahs in a proper way. It's giving you advice, it's giving you counsel, it's giving you examples of how to be able to fulfill the Torah. And I'll, I'll give you some, uh, let's go through the three things that the Rebbe discussed, and maybe we can, these could be examples of how we're seeing that it might not be necessarily an obligation. But it's telling you how to be able to fulfill the Torah. How to uh, be able to fulfill the Torah is by fulfilling these particular 
lessons. For example, the first one was Asei Torah So, L'chayra, I think, possibly how the Rambam actually learned this is, if you look at the Pirsha Mishnais of the Rambam, so he explains this, that you have to make the Torah, the Sherish and the Iker, and all your other uh, affairs should be nimshachem achar, should be drawn afterwards. If it turns up, it turns up. If it doesn't turn up, it doesn't turn up. And there's no damage if it's lacking. So what does it mean? There's no damage if it turns up, it do- turns up, it doesn't turn up. Like, what do you mean? L'chayr, you need your business. So I think what the Rambam's trying to tell us is that in order to make, uh, in order to fulfill your obligation of learning Torah and Torah being, and, and making your malacha secondary, the only way for you to be able to do that is, is if, if the Torah is the main thing in your life and business is unimportant. In other words, what I'm trying to say is like this. If a person doesn't actually have the Torah as the main part of his life, emotionally, intellectually, but he knows that this was what the Torah demands. He opens up the Rambam, the Yara Chazaka, and he looks at it and says, oh, you're supposed to make a Torah Kava and Malach Arai. So he, he's a firm Yid, so he wants to fulfill what it says. It's going to be extremely difficult for him to do that when he doesn't actually have that belief that Malacha is only secondary and the Torah is the main thing. So the Pirkei Yav is coming to tell you is that what you need to do is you actually need to understand emotionally inside of your psyche that what is your main purpose, what your, their main purpose is, that Torah is Kva. The one thing that's fundamental and is your Shayush and your Iker is the Torah. So once you only care about the Torah and the business is only emotionally secondary, then the halach and the Torah, which is mentioned in the Yad HaZaka, that's something which comes almost automatically. But if you don't have the, the psychological Torah, then it's very hard to fulfill the actual mitzvah. So let's look at this for a moment. So according to this understanding of what the Pirkei Yaf is trying to do, is this the meaning of Lefnim Shur Sedin? No, it's not Lefnim Shur Sedin but it's actually giving you the heira, it's giving you the lesson of how can I fulfill the halachas. It's, it's giving you advice, it's giving you good counsel of how to be able to do terascha ikr malachtacha ari. The only way for you to do that is by making terascha kava, and that actually would also explain uh, why, the rabbi is going to ask this, another question really is, but um, if the main thing is terascha kava malachtacha ari, then why don't you say the words of Malach Tachai? If the whole Chiddush is that you're supposed to, that, that you're able to, that you have to make Torah the main thing, and Malach is very secondary, then why doesn't the Mishnah actually mention it? But according to this, it's understood, because the main point is not that you're supposed to make your Malach Tachai. That comes automatically. Once you're Teras then automatically Malach Tachai. It's not trying to tell you the Allah that's supposed to be Teras Chakvah Malach That's mentioned in the Yad HaZaka. Over here is just telling you how to be able to do that. And that's through the understanding and this bonus of Teras the second example that's brought over here is Amor Ma'at. Say a little bit. So again, you have an obligation of not to transgress your words. So technically, you could speak as much as you want. It's just that whatever you say, you actually have to fulfill. So by saying Amor Ma'at, is that an obligation? You have to Amor Ma'at? Technically, you don't. You could speak as much as you want. Amor Ma'at is telling you, you want to be able to fulfill this mitzvah properly, just... Don't be talking a lot. Don't, be giving, don't, don't promise things to people. Don't say a lot of things that you're going to do unless you're 100% sure you are able to do it. So Emor Ma'at is good advice. If you want to be able to fulfill the mitzvah, then Emor Ma'at. Uh, regarding the Asseh Harbeh, to do a lot. But Pachas, that's just actually, as the Rebbe actually himself says in R19, that this is really just a continuation of the Emor Ma'at. Say a little bit, whether it's uh, 
uh, what are you going to do for people, whether it's a mitzvah, whatever it's going to be, say a little bit, and then do more if you want to actually do more. If you're able to fulfill more than what you're going to say, then actually, then papayal, then do much more than what you're going to do. But never promise that you're going to be doing more. Just amor ma'at, and, and relative to whatever you're going to say, then amor ma'at, then I say arbe. And even in business, you know, I, I think I can have it done in two weeks. Could you have it done in three days? No, I, I can't promise that, but two weeks I can for sure do it. And then, then you have it done in 24 hours. Shh, amazing. But, that, but you should never make that promise. Third thing when we mentioned is, uh, so we said that means to deal, deal nicely with people. That's a fulfillment of Sisa of Taiva Yashar. This is the of Avis Yisrael. So again, in part, the mitzvah of Avis Yisrael, these, things, these are very general types of commandments. Uh, it's very connected also to the social standards of the place that you're living in. Um, so it's hard to know exactly. So what exactly is Avis Yisrael? How am I supposed to make a person feel good? You know, how am I supposed to be a sisa of a teiva yasha? So, Shammai is coming to tell you that one of the ways to be able to fulfill this mitzvah is by doing, having mekabal is called a saver upon him yafis. So, is it an obligation specifically having mekabal is called a saver upon him yafis? No, the obligation is to do obviously stroll, and obviously stroll has to be according to whatever the standards are in that particular place. So, Shammai is telling you is that a golden standard of obviously stroll, or maybe the like a, a hechsher to be able to always have obviously stroll is by dealing with people nicely and calmly, even in situations where you could get upset or, or you could be angry, but you train yourself always to be positive and happy, then you're able to be able to do uh, obviously stroll properly. So again, this is maybe hayra, a lesson of how to be able to fulfill the mitzvah. How can you fulfill the mitzvah of obviously stroll? This is one of the ways of doing it, is by always being mekabal sakal adam and saver upon him. Ayafis. Um, so the I, I think those are the two ways of learning the Gemara. There are, are other Shainim that learn it a little bit differently, but I think they would all go in one of these two ways. The Muka Yosef, for example, learns this Gemara that uh, when it says Miladinazikin, it means the, the, the three Masachtas, that you fulfill everything which is in. Uh, those three mesachtas. Avis would mean the entire mesachas. Avis brachas we mean the mesachta of brachas. Uh, but even according to him, what what does that mean? It means that sh- th- I think it would be on the similar lines to the Raja. It means that you're fulfilling everything in the zikim, including lefnei mishrusadin. You're fulfilling everything in avis. Those which are hayrois, those which are eitzes, including anything in avis which could be considered lefnei mishrusadin. And same thing with the mesachas brachas. Meaning is according to the Muku Yosef, I, I also don't think he's learning that the whole thing of Pirkei Yavis is Milidi Chasidusa. He probably learns that it's a mixture of Milidi Chasidusa, plus there's lessons of how to be able to, uh, uh, to fulfill the Torah, or there's Hayras, how to be able to do particular mitzvahs properly. But these are all uh, lessons. Hayras, not necessarily a, like a Chiv on the own. Uh, just one last point on this would be is, what's the mile of the Rebbe's Pshat, and really the Maral's Pshat, in the Gemara over the Nebuka Yosef and the Rajba. So the Pashtas, this at least, again, what it seems like to me is that first of all, it fits very nicely with what we're talking about earlier. Right? It says before we're talking about, you gave a case of Nezikin, which was clearly an Inyan of Nebuchadnezzar. And then the Gemara continues that how do you want to be a Chassid? You should fulfill these three things. And according to the way how the Maral is learning it, that you always want to be careful with damages, careful with others, it seems like a very, a very, very nice flow uh, we're talking about being careful not to damage anyone, 
even a far-fetched way. And then the zikin means not to damage someone in a, in a, far, in a far-fetched way. You have to be careful about that. Similarly, obvious. Uh, the second maila would be is that you're able to learn the words very kapshuta. When a person sees the idea of mili da'avis, it's mashma that it's, we're talking about pirki avis itself. Not, doesn't, it's, right, according to the Raj, what we're trying to say is when it says nizik, it means one thing in nizik. And when it says avis, it means one halacha in avis. A, mili, mili is, is a lush and rabim, words of. Second of all, uh, how do you know what, which halacha in particular we're talking about? And even according to the Muka Yesa, which says it's referring to the entire Masachta, uh, we know that obviously in the zikin is not all lifnim shirzadin. So he's going to explain it means is that you're so involved in the zikin from A till Z, including everything lifnim shirzadin. But again, even according to, to that interpretation, the Gemara was asking specifically how do you become a chassid? So that what they're answering is that you're supposed to do in the zikin from A to Z. Fine, which could work, but the only problem is they weren't really asking what the basic that we need to do. The assumption is that you already are doing the basics. The question is, how do I do more than the basics? According to the, the Nebuka Yosef, you have to kvetch a little bit, that where meaning is that you're, when you say obvious, it means everything in obvious, including Lufni Meshur Sadeh. While according, but the mile of the morale is you don't need to say that it means obvious, including the things Lufni Meshur Sadeh. When he says obvious, he means the entire obvious is when we say the word nezikin, it means lifnim shurasadin. It means nezikin means literally those aspects of nezikin which are lifnim shurasadin. We're talking about obvious, referring to specifically those aspects of, well, obvious means the whole thing would be lifnim shurasadin. So whatever the Gemara is actually mentioning, the whole thing is only about lifnim shurasadin. Not like the Raj, which only one aspect of it is lifnim shurasadin. Or according to the Mukhi Yosef, where we mean the entire Sefer, which also has within it lifnim shurasadin. According to the Moral, the, 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 the words itself, when it says Nezikim, when it says Avis, um, those words themselves only refer to Inyanim, which are uh, Lefnim, Meshur Sadeh. So that's the first part of the Sikha. Then the Rebbe goes on in the Sikha and asks three additional questions. These three additional questions are, are L'Chaira, really questions that all the Mephorshim really have to, uh, are, are dealing with. But since we, in a sense, are not, are not happy with the other Mephorshim's explanation, Therefore, we got to take care of them. So the first one is, is um, what's the connection of these three members of, of, of Shammai? Uh, Shammai said many things over the years, of course. So this that the Pirkei took these three and put it into one Mishnah, it's clear that they have a connection. Um, but it's hard to understand what the connection is. One's talking about Taira, the other's talking about speaking a little bit and doing a lot, and the last one's talking about um, the Kabbalah's Kalam, say for Panayafis. It seems... Not so connected. So other Mephorshim do handle this particular question. Uh, there's two main explanations which are given. One explanation is that it's referring to the three Kabbalim of Torah, Avayidim and Nuschasadim. Asei Teras Chakva is the idea of Torah. Amor Ma'at Asei Harbei is referring to the idea of, the, of Avayidim, which is the idea of mitzvahs in general. And the last one, which is Mahab Mechabal's Kalim Sevipan Yafis, is referring to the Kav of Nuschasadim. So he's telling you how to fulfill each one of these um, each one of these amudim. Uh, another interpretation is uh, the, this is the Bartanur brings down that it's going in the pasuk in Yirmiyah. It says Aisalol Chacham Achachmasai Asher in his richness and Giber Bigvurasai. So we're talking about so when it says Asay Teras Chakva, we're talking to the Chacham. We say Chacham, you need to make Teras Chakva. We're talking to the rich person. We tell him Amor Ma Basayabai. Don't promise a lot of things and don't do it. And when we're talking to the Gibor, Gibor is the person, we're telling him, 
you, you always have to deal kindly with people, meaning it's control yourself. Even though you're strong and you're more powerful, what is the true giver? The true giver is that you're able to control your emotions, meaning is that even if you're upset and you don't want to be kind and friendly to the other person, deal with him uh, properly, be a giver and deal with him properly. Um, the Rebbe will give another one, as we'll see. The second question that he asks is, it says, uh, um, So again, Bepashtus, we're saying, we're saying, make the Torah your main thing. And the Malach is secondary, but the question is, why doesn't it say, and all the Mephorshim have to, in a sense, deal with that. So the Rambam, we gave our own interpretation. Again, I'm not 100% sure if the Rambam actually means that, but we said, according to the Rambam, he'll say, it only mentions, because it's telling you, how to make Asei Teras Chakva, Malach Tachari, that is specifically through the first point of Asei Teras Chakva, and, and the Malach Tachari happens automatically. Other Mephorshim deal with it differently. Uh, as we said, Asei Teras Chakva could also mean just establish a Kavis Itim, set times of Torah study. So that's another way of dealing it. It doesn't mention Malach Tachari because that's not relevant. The idea is Asei Teras Chakva. Third question is, why do these three statements have to do with Shammai specifically? So I saw an interpretation in the Kahati, that he says that Shama is always known as uh, it says in the Gemara Shabbos Taf Lamed Lamed Aleph La Oilem Yeh Adam and Benasim Kehilo He should be humble like Hillel, and he should not be a Kapdan like Shammai. So he says that the Kapdanus of Shammai wasn't because he had any uh, you know he didn't like people, rather it's because of his great shmir that he had for the honor of the Torah. Therefore, the only time he had this Kapdanus was only with someone who was. Uh, Pagea, who, who, who insulted or he felt was insulting the covet of the Torah. But Etzim, he was also very pleasant with Brias. And that's what our Mishnah is telling you. That what is the personality of Shammai? That Asay Tuas The main thing is uh, the Torah. And then from that, though, how do you deal with other people? The way you have to deal with people is Amor Ma'apa Asay Harbei, meaning is be honest with them and, and also be pleasant with your dealings with them. Okay, but let's go into now the Rebbe's Pshat. So the Rebbe has a very fascinating interpretation. This is again, So he says like this, that when it says, we already know it cannot mean relative to your malacha, to your business and your work, because that's basic halacha. Rather, what does it mean to make your tire your primary uh, affair? It means make it your primary affair relative even to the other two amudim of Gemilus Chasadim and Avaida. That the Torah should be your main affair, even relative to those other ones. So he doesn't explain why. But Papashtas, what's the reasoning why? The reasoning is we can give a few different possibilities. One possibility. You might, at least, I don't think the Rebbe is going to keep this. The Rebbe is not going to keep this. But one possibility you might think is because the Torah is, of course, always our guide. So in order to be able, that the only way to really know how to act is always by learning the Torah. So that is really the, the, what keeps the Yidin and the individual going is always by learning Torah. A second idea is, of course, that also Torah gives us our energy, even if it's not really relevant to knowing um, how to do the halachas. But by the idea of, of learning Torah, a person connects 
to Hashem, him and Hashem become one, and that unity that a person has is the greatest unity that there is. In addition, by having that unity, that's what gives the person the capability to be able to live in this world. As the Tanya explains, the Torah is the food for the neshama. So in order for your neshama to be able to be able to be revealed and not constantly be bogged down by the materiality of the body, you need the Torah to be able to uh, give the food to that neshama, and then the neshama is able to connect to the body and give the body that spirituality. So when a person's working on his uh, working on a day to day basis and he's involved in the maza, the only way for him to be able to bring spirituality into his life in a very strong way is through the Torah study, because that's the food of his neshama. And then his neshama, just like food physically connects the neshama to the body, in a spiritual way, it's the Torah which connects the spirituality of the neshama that it be able to be revealed within the body. So anyway, the idea is, asay you have to make Torah the fundamental thing because of this yichud, this unity that you have with Hashem. So a person might think, okay, so I'm supposed to make Torah over the other two amudim of what would be the reasoning? So you would think the reasoning would be is because Gadol Tamach Mivdi Maisitz, because the Torah itself is what brings you to be able to do Avaida, brings you to be able to do Gemil Chosadim. Because how are you even going to be supposed to know when is the proper time to be to, 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 be, to do Achanasis Orchim? How do you know when you're supposed to be Kachanim? How do you know how much money you're supposed to give? Of course, you need to learn the Torah. How do you know when you're supposed to daven? How are you supposed to daven? What parts of davening you're supposed to daven? So Gadol Tamach Mivdi Maisitz. So why is Torah Chakva? Because that's the Iker and other things kind of flow from it. So therefore, he continues and say, no, 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 no. Um, you should speak very little. Wait a second. Speak very little in what? Making your Torah kva and speak a little. Why? We're talking about learning Torah. So why should you speak a little bit in learning, uh, in Torah learning? Does that wouldn't make any sense. We know we're not talking about, as we said earlier, Amor Ma'at, about uh, things, uh, mitzvahs in general, and all those things, because we already have the problem, which is part of regular halacha. So we're talking about a mormaat, specifically in something which is meaning is even in Torah study, you should speak very little. How does that make any sense? So rather, we're talking about the area in Torah study where you're supposed to be speaking little, which that is in paskening halacha. That when you're paskening halacha, that's when you're supposed to uh, speak a little bit. As, as it says, as we see also in the Maimar Chazal, the Rebbe brings in the Ha'ar 43 from Shabbos Kufyudan Al-Alaf. It says, who is the Tamachachan that you're able to make him a farness, make him like a leader of the community? This is an individual that you can ask in Halacha in any matter, even in Masachas Kala, which is a very far-flung type of Masachta, Ve'oymer, and he's able to reply. So we see that the word Ve'oymer is being able to, is referring to speaking to others. So when we're talking about in halacha, v'oyimer means to be able to reply to someone, to be able to give someone an answer. So we're talking about amor ma'at is say a little bit, meaning you're applying, you're saying a little bit in the in matters of dvar halacha. We also have dvar Hashem zu halacha. So the idea is that in halacha, you want to be amor ma'at. So even though it's such a great Indian, be able to pass in halacha, nonetheless, uh, we're not referring to that over here. Over here we're talking about learning Torah l'shma. Just to yaldatar v'yadir, not for a specific purpose. But a person can think, okay, so if I'm learning Torah is my main thing. And the main purpose of the learning Torah is really just to make the Torah great, to connect to Hashem, uh, learning Torah for the sake of the Torah itself, then maybe I shouldn't be focusing so much on doing mitzvahs. So therefore, Shammai says, Asay Harbe. Just because your, your whole focus is on learning Torah doesn't mean you're not supposed to do the mitzvahs. Asay harbe, you should do a lot of mitzvahs. And again, we're talking about milu de chasadusa. So it doesn't mean asay harbe, just do the basics 
of the mitzvahs. Like whatever your basic minimum is, do and then get back to your Torah study. No, it means a sehar, when you're doing the mitzvah, you're doing it completely, 100%. Whenever you're involved in any type of activity which is a mitzvah related, it has to be a lot of mitzvahs that you're being involved in. And the third thing is that a person might think, since my main focus is Torah study, when you're you're dealing with people, always with a friendly countenance, and we're not even talking about people that you're helping necessarily for a mitzvah, you're just talking about your acquaintances, that you want to deal with them, schmooze with them, make them feel good. Um, you have to deal with them kindly. But that's going to distract you from your learning. Because when you're learning Torah, a person needs quiet. He needs very little. He needs to be in a situation where he's not going to be distracted. But if he's known as a Mr. Friendly and he schmoozes, everyone's going to come to him, wants to schmooze for five, six minutes, and you've got to make the other person feel good. So you're also schmoozing with them and you're doing with an emes because you're a chassid. So you're talking, interested in their lives. So that could be very distracting. So you might think that's something I shouldn't do. So therefore, Shammai tells you, No, this is something also which is important. So even though, What is your main focus? Your main focus and your Iker Tafkit is But even with that, you need to know that the other part aspects of your life, which is uh, doing mitzvahs and dealing with other people, that has to be done in a, in a very, in also in a way of Lufnim Meshur Sadeh. And the Rebbe does point out that when it says "Hamim Kabbal Kalam," the same from the office, we're not even referring to an individual that you're you're helping him because you're trying to bring him close to Yiddishkeit, or he's a person that you're doing a mitzvah with by helping him. We're just literally referring to just being kind to a person for the sake of being kind, because the, how tired is the body of a of a guf of a yid to Hashem? So for no other purpose. Um, so so so, but, but the question, of course, would be: Is but how? How do you have all these contradictory types of ideas? On one hand, you're making your tar your ikr, and then you also have to do, I'll say, a lot of mitzvahs. So if you weren't a chassid, I, then I guess it wouldn't be such a big deal. You just do, you know, that's how kind of we live our lives always. You learn, you daven, you help people. But when you're a chassid, you do everything with 100%. So when you're saying that taras chakva, that that's your main focus and identity, how, how are you able to do Kabbalah's called the Mesev upon the office or a more map Asehar Bey? So therefore, that comes to the idea of Shammai. The name Shammai comes to the word Sum or Chaysav. Sum means to evaluate your ways. That the mile of Bey Shammai was that he was able to, um, he really knew himself, you, or any person who's a student of Shammai. You need to know what your Kaychas are. You need to know what your capabilities are. You need to know what your resources are. You need to know what your time uh, how much time you have, your time management. So when a person knows himself well, he knows what his strengths are, he knows what his weaknesses are, he knows all of his resources and capability, how much time he has, he's able to put all these things together. That he can make taras kava. yes, that the main focus of his of his day and his life will be taira, but he also knows that he has, has other capabilities, and he also knows what his responsibilities are in the world, and therefore he's able to divide them up accordingly, that he'll make the Torah Shakva. At the same time, he knows that he's part of a community and, you know, Chaveis, that on Shabbos Mavorchim is a Febregen and other times, that a few minutes before davening, people like to schmooze a little bit after. Whatever it is, he works out his time that he knows that he's able to do a lot of mitzvahs. He knows also what his capabilities are, that which mitzvahs he should put him, involve himself in, that he knows he's good uh, with uh, putting on tefillin on people and connecting with people so that he, he, he will u- utilize those extra kachas that he has for that particular thing. So when you know what your strengths are, you also know where Hashem's guiding you. So yes, taras chakva, but you know your strengths and you also know what's needed in your community. So when you have all those details together, you're able to uh, be a chassid and, and be able to fill all these three aspects. Then the Rebbe 
finishes off with one another point. He says another connection to the name of Shammai. He says, if we look at all these three inyanim, what's interesting is that all of them are really, the reason why you're doing each one of these three memories is for itself. Meaning is when you're learning Torah, you're not learning Torah because you want to know the Halacha Lamaisa. You're learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. Torah Shachakva because it's the main thing. What is the purpose of learning a lot of Torah? The purpose is to learn a lot of Torah. Why are you doing a lot of mitzvahs? So you're not doing a lot of mitzvahs in order that you, there's such idea that Torah says, whoever says he only has Torah, he doesn't even have Torah. So you're not doing mitzvahs just in a sense to be able to fulfill your Torah study. Or um, we know that when you, uh, when you learn Torah in order to know how to pask in Allah, or how to do a mitzvah papayal, when it's like, like practically uh, relevant, sometimes you're able to get into the idea much more, much deeper. But you're not learning Torah for that particular purpose. You're learning Torah just for the sake of learning Torah. And when you're doing the mitzvah, you're doing mitzvahs which have no connection to the Torah study that you're learning. It's Asei Harbei, even mitzvahs that have no relevance at all to what you're learning. So the purpose of doing the mitzvahs is for the sake of the mitzvahs. And then when it says that you're dealing with other people's B'Sefer Panam Yafis, again, this is not, you're not fulfilling a mitzvah uh, dealing with these people because they don't need anything from you. You're just being a friendly, good guy and you're not teaching them anything necessarily. So what's the purpose? You're just being kind to another yid for the sake of being kind for another yid. So all of these things you're doing for, 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 that, they, for them themselves. You're learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. Um, you're doing mitzvahs for the sake of the mitzvahs. And you're on haga, your conduct with other yidin is for the sake of that conduct with other yidin. He says, and this ability that the tachlis is the yid, the tachlis is the mitzvah, the tachlis is the Torah, this is something which comes from the essence of Hashem itself. The rights of Kudosh Brichu, Kulichad, that the Torah, Hashem, and the yidin are completely one. And therefore, just like by Hashem, Hashem, he, his, like, uh, the purpose of Hashem is not for anyone else. Hashem created everything else. Anything which is, which is created, there, it was created, Hashem didn't create anything for no reason. Whatever is created, there's a purpose what it fulfills. There's a reason why it's there. But when you're talking about Hashem, why is Hashem there? Hashem is there because He's there. That's the whole essence of what Hashem is. Hashem wasn't created. Hashem always was. Hashem doesn't have any particular purpose. Hashem's purpose is for Him Himself. So similarly, when, you, when you're talking about a Yid, what's the purpose of a Yid? The essence of the purpose of a Yid is for Him Himself. The purpose of the Yid is the Yid. And we're talking about the Torah and the mitzvah is the same thing. What's the ultimate purpose of the Torah? So we have how Torah was put into this world that the purpose of the Torah is to, ele- you know, to, to, to elevate the person, is, is to make this world a better place and to be able to make a person more bishlamist and, uh, and to make a person like that. We do the mitzvahs, it makes you more charitable type of person. But these are all lower levels of the Torah. But the essence of what the Torah is that it's the Chachma Vashem. So just like Hashem, doesn't have a purpose why it's there. The Torah wasn't created in order to teach us how to do the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs weren't created in order to make us better people. The mitzvahs always were. The Torah always was, and the Yidin always was. So what's the purpose of Hashem? The purpose of Hashem is Hashem. What's the purpose of the Torah? The Torah was never created. So it doesn't have a purpose. Only something which is created has a purpose. Why was this made? This was made in order to accomplish B. The Torah was never created. It always was. So it doesn't have a particular purpose. It's just something which always was. And sim- similarly with mitzvahs, similarly with, 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 with the Yidin. So th- this is the common denominator of three, these three points. And who's the one that says it? It's Shammai. Because it's known what the Rizal says, that when La'asad Lavai, the halacha is going to be like Beis Shammai. Nowadays, the halacha is like Beis Shammai. But La'asad Lavai, it's going to be like Shammai. So we're saying, essentially, this concept of being able to say to us, Chakva, Amor Ma'at, etc., this is really... 
something which we're able to do a little bit nowadays. You know, we do as much as we can nowadays. We know that everything we do nowadays, uh, it's what prepares us for the times of Mashiach. But the ultimate ability, the ultimate revelation of, and, and the capability for us to be able to fulfill these three memories of Shammai in the most complete way is only going to be and that's what the connection to Shammai is because these three things could only really be fulfilled once Salacha is going to be like Shammai and um, that's really the end of the Sikha I just want to make two small points uh, first of all to point out, for the, and just in case you didn't realize that the Rebbe's puts the changes, the beginning, learns a little bit differently where you put the comma. According to the Rebbe is, Make your Torah kva and say a little bit. Meaning is the emor ma'at is in a sense explaining how to make the Torah kva. Make the Torah kva in a way which is emor ma'at, which is not based on trying to figure what the Allah is, but it's rather just the Shema. So it's like a comma is over there. While according to most other Roshayim, it's um, as, uh, is emor ma'at harbe, always go to that. Say a little bit and do a lot. You know, it goes together. According to the Rebbe, it's actually Asei Harbe is a totally new thing. Amor Ma'at is still connected to the idea of doing Torah, while Asei Harbe is connected to the idea of mitzvahs. One other thing is, uh, just an interesting idea, it's known that Shammai was always the captain, as we mentioned in from the Gemara in Shabbos, where, he, where when the Ger wanted to come, when an individual wanted to convert, and he said, teach me the whole Torah on one foot, Shammai chases him out. While Hillel brings him in, and tells him the whole Torah is whatever is hateful to you, don't do unto others, and the rest is just the Pirish. And then there's another two more stories of two other individuals who wanted to be converted. Shammai chases them out while Hillel deals with their questions and converts them. And like Mar says, is, it points out the difference between them, how the Kapdanus of Shammai was, like, took these people out of the world while the love and the cure of Hillel brought these people close to the Shekhinah. Anyways, but the point is that how is it that Shammai is the one that says, If you look in the Gemara, he chased them out. It says one of, one of the stories, he actually chased them out. It says with the, like a measuring rod. So what, how that's, I mean, even means a guy. Whenever the rule is, whenever there's a hey, it refers to all people, even guy. While if there's no hey, it's just Adam, that means Yisra. But over here it says Ha'adam. So one Gersa actually takes out the hey. I think the Gerah takes out the hey, so I guess that would answer that. That means just to Yidin, and these people weren't Yidin yet. Okay, but the Rebbe actually explain, gives two explanations. One explanation is, it was because Shammai didn't want these individuals to mistake um, his dealing with them kindly, is that he's agreeing essentially what they're saying, that the Torah could be taught on one foot, or that the, the other issues that they had. He felt that if he would have just, you know, schmoozed with them, and nice to them, and eventually like uh, moved them to the door, they would have felt that, they had a certain, they, they were correct, at least to a certain level. When Shammai chases them out, he's like basically saying that you're 100% wrong. That's one answer. Um, another explanation the Rebbe gives is that, that, um, it's, that usually we know that whenever there's a Mishnah between Hillel, there's a Machlekes between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel is always mentioned second. Shammai is mentioned first, and Beis Hillel is always mentioned second. Whenever that's changed around and Hillel's mentioned before Shammai, there's always a reason for it. As Taisa says, whenever there's Hillel's mentioned first, there must be a reason you need to figure out what that reason is. So when you look in Pirkei Yavis in the first parak, Hillel's members are actually mentioned before Shammai's. So the question, of course, is why? Hillel's always mentioned second. So the Rebbe says it could be 
that it's because when Shammai says, have Mikabal's called on Mesev upon him office, that's Dafker after he's heard that from Hillel. Meaning, after the story of these three individuals that wanted to become Gerim, they came, Shammai chases them out, and then Hillel deals with them. He loves all creatures. Biris doesn't mean a yid, it means all creatures. And he dealt with them kindly, and he spoke with them, and he brought them close to the Shina. Shammai realized that his way was wrong, and Hillel's way was right. So therefore, after Hillel says, and he gives an example with those three stories in, in Mesach Shabbos, Hillel, Shammai takes it to heart, and he adds, having Mechabal's call Adam, the saver upon him, yeah.